If you're new with us as we dive into this topic today of fear, uh, kind of what we're talking about is epidemic. And I, as I began the series, I, I, I shared about the most popular phrase in the Bible. And that phrase is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's just all throughout the Bible. Do not be afraid. And the reason it's all throughout the Bible is because so many people struggle with fear. It's an epidemic. We all deal with fear. And we're looking at how to overcome fear in our lives. We're looking at different aspects of our lives and how can we overcome fear. And today I want to look and study the fear of death, the fear of death. And when, when you Google the fear of death, it is a top three fear for most people. So many people struggle with the fear of death. It reminds me of, of a story. There were three elderly men that went to a funeral uh, of a friend of theirs. And after the funeral, they decided to, to get together and, and just talk and hang out over a cup of coffee. So... They went to a coffee shop together, and as they were sitting there reminiscing and talking about their friend and talking about the funeral service, one of the men asked the other two, he said, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? Well, one man thought, and he said, you know what? I would love for them to say that I was a great humanitarian who, who cared about his community. The man who asked the question, he responded and said, you know what? I, what I would love people to say about me is that I was a great dad and a great husband. I was a role model for many to follow. The third friend said nothing. He just sat there with a blank stare on his face. And they said, well, come on, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral service? He said, okay, look, he's moving. <laughs> I don't care what you say. That's funny right there, church. <laughs> That's what I want them to say at my funeral service. I'm moving. That's what I want them to say. <laughs> Listen, most people don't want to die. Most people want to live. We, we do everything we can to try to avoid death. We go to the doctors. We take medicine so we can live long. We'll take vitamins. We have surgeries. But the reality is no matter what you do to try to avoid death, it's inevitable. The Bible says it like this in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. And as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this, the judgment, it is appointed for all of us to die once. You said, Pastor, I come to church to be encouraged. Could you be more positive? Yes, I'm positive that you are going to die. I'm positive. You can't avoid it. It doesn't matter if you eat, all you eat is organic food. And I love, and listen, all of you that are just, I just do organic pasture. I'm, I'm a vegan. I have much respect for you. I really do. I respect you and your organic self. I really do. A lot of respect. You might die with a nasty taste in your mouth, but I respect, come, I'm going to die with the taste of cake in my mouth. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Woo! That was some good cake, y'all. Time to go to heaven. <laughs> But here's the question. The question is not, are we going to die? We're going to die. 
the question is, why do we fear death? That's what I want us to talk about. Why do we fear death? Well, I'll give you a few reasons. First of all is we don't like pain. Death can be painful. It reminds me of a story. There was a man in the hospital bed. He was sick, and, and the preacher came to see the man. And the preacher walked close to the man and got up next to the bed and looked at him and was going to say a prayer with him. And all of a sudden, the man started frailing. I mean, he's just, I mean, just losing his mind and moving and can't talk and moving. And the preacher's going, oh, man, something's wrong. I think you're about to die. And he says, man, I'm going to give you a pen and a paper because it don't look like you can talk. You're moving. If you can try just to write down your last words, I'm going to give them to your wife. And the man's frailing and moving. And he hands him the pen and he hands the paper. The man barely controls himself. And he writes on the piece of paper and hands it to the preacher. But the preacher doesn't read the paper because he thinks, no, this is for your wife, your last words. And, 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 and I, I just, he folded it and just said, man, look at this guy. And he just prayed for him. And the man frailed and he finally died. The pastor felt horrible, knew he was going to have to break this news to his wife, and he was sad, and he walked out the hospital room and out in the lobby area, and he saw the wife and said, I have bad news for you. Your husband just died. She's crying. He's consoling her. He prays with her. He said, but, but I had him write his last words to you. Here's the note, and he wrote the last words, and she opened it up, and it read, Get off my oxygen hose. <laughs> Nothing worse than the preacher. Standing on your oxygen hose. <laughs> Death can be painful. This summer, I was in Nebraska. We go see my wife's family in Nebraska and we always have a campfire. My, my father-in-law has a little, little fire pit, and we, they live out in the country, and he loves to start a fire on the fire pit for the kids to sit around. Matter of fact, here's a picture of us this summer. My, that's my little niece there, and then two of my children, and T Tiffany's father, and there's a little, little fire pit there, little, and, and man, they, they love to make fire. We, we, we roast marshmallows and tell stories, and, and this particular evening as we were sitting around the fire pit, my, my children decided to play the game, what would be the best way to die? You ever done that before, huh? You ever played that game? Well, my kids decided to play that game. How would you want to die? And they said, would you rather die by fire or by freezing? And then they would answer it. How about lava or freezing to death. You know how that game goes. And then they're answering, dying from an airplane crash or from drowning. I mean, and they're talking and conversating. Everybody's talking and answering. And I was like, I don't want to die. And I said, I'm leaving. I'm going in the house. Y'all keep talking. But I'm, I'm going in the house. I don't want to die any of those ways. Because they were talking about what was the less, least painful way to die. Because it can be painful to die. I actually read this week that hippos kill 2,900 people annually in Africa. It don't sound like a good way to die to me. Falling out of the bed kills 450 people annually in the United States. Some of y'all are wild sleepers is all I'm saying, you know. 
Icicles kill 100 people per year in Russia. I read this week, vending machines kill 13 people per year. Some of y'all going to be more careful to get them Cheetos, aren't you? <laughs> well, I don't know. Huh? Think twice about those Cheetos. All I'm saying is that death can be painful, so, so people like to avoid it. A second reason people don't like death and they fear death is because we love our family. We, we love our family. Reminds me of a story. There was a man who, who died, and he was at heaven's gate, and St. Peter was there. And St. Peter said, your name is in the book of life. He said, I'm going to let you into heaven, but you got to do one thing to get in, just one thing. Jesus died for you because he loved you. He gave his life. All you have to do is spell the word love, and I'm going to let you into heaven and enjoy eternal life. And the man said, no problem, L-O-V-E. He said, but come on into heaven, enjoy heaven. He said, listen, listen, before you go too far into heaven, I need you to do me a favor. If you could just stand right here at the gate and keep watch at the gate, I have to go talk to the Lord for just a few moments. And then I'll come back and take my post. But if you could just watch the gate. And then remember, you can't let anybody in through the gate unless they spell the word love. Don't let them into heaven. He said, no problem. I'll watch the gate for you. And St. Peter went off to talk to the Lord. And, and all of a sudden, the man's wife appears at the gate. He said, honey, what happened? Why are you here? She said, well, at your funeral, I was just crying and distraught and hysterical. And as I was driving home after the funeral, I was crying uncontrollably, and I got in a wreck, and I died. That's why I'm here. Because, oh, that's horrible. He said, I can't let you in yet. He said, before you can come in, you've got to spell one word. She said, well, what is it? He said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Ah, y'all know that's funny, huh? I don't know if that man loved his wife the way he should have, huh? <laughs> Check Slovakia. Oh, boy. But, but most of us love our family, and we want to spend time with them. And we don't want to die because we, we love our family. And I, I know I love my family. My, my, my wife has my heart. I love my wife. With all my heart. I love my children. I want to raise them and invest in them. I, I, want, to, I want to be there around to see my, my grandkids. And I, want to, I love to be there and see my great-grandkids. Come on, I'm believing for my great-great-great-grandkids. Come on, anybody believing too? Come on. I mean, I just, I want to, I, I love my family. And if you've ever lost a loved one, you know the pain of that. I know when I lost my mom seven, eight years ago, the pain of losing my mom and her death and Dying early and death can, can hurt because we love our family so much and so people have a fear of dying. A third reason people fear death is people don't know what lies after death. There's a real fear of people about the afterlife. And we're going to look at the afterlife throughout this series as we look at, at fear. But people have this fear and, and they wonder, where will I go when I die? People wonder, what happens after death? 
There are people that wonder, is there a heaven? Is there really a hell? And the answer to that question, according to God's holy, infallible, inspired word, is yes. There really is a heaven. There really is a hell. And where people will spend eternity is a real fear people have about dying. And here's what I want to do. I want to help you overcome your fear of death. And a major key to overcoming your fear of death is you have to begin to understand God's viewpoint on death. God's viewpoint is different than most human beings' viewpoint on death. And if you can get God's perspective about how he views death, I believe it will bring comfort to your heart and cause the subject of death, the fear of death, to diminish in your life. So let's look at God's viewpoint on death. Number one is this. God views death as an enemy. As an enemy, I want to unpack that for you. As I unpack it, I want to show you where death came from. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. Notice how death came into the world. Adam's sin brought death, and so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. So when Adam and Eve sinned by eating from the tree that God told them not to eat from, sin was ushered in. And then because sin came, death was ushered into our world. You see, God's original plan for Adam and Eve when he created them was for them to live forever. That, that, that was his plan. De death was not on the horizon. God, God, death was not a part of God's equation when he created Adam and Eve Sin entered through Adam, and therefore death entered. Way to go, Adam and Eve. And death is actually an enemy of God. You see, God is the author of life. God is the creator of life. God's desire for you and I is to have a life and life more abundantly on this earth. And his desire for us, according to the scriptures, is for us to live in eternity in heaven forever and have ever. God is all about life. The evil one is all about death. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. He, he's all about death. And death robs us of the life that God intends for us to have. Death is the enemy that snatches a child before they learn to play in the sunshine. It's the enemy who takes the life of a teenager who was just beginning to spread their wings and fly in life. It's the enemy that takes away a newly married spouse from their husband or wife when they were just beginning to enjoy their life together. Death is an enemy, and you have to understand something. It's an enemy of God, and God will destroy the enemy of death. The Bible says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. It says, then the end will come. And friends, let me just pause there. I have to tell you, as I was studying this week, I started longing for heaven. 
I can't wait for the end to come. I can't wait for heaven. I can't wait to be in God's presence. I want you to have hope today that what you're experiencing on this earth, all the chaos that you see, I want you to know the end will come. There is a heaven to gain. It says, when he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power, for he, referring to Jesus, must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death is an enemy of, of, of the Lord. He didn't design us to die. Adam and Eve ushered in death into our world. And the Bible promises us that when Jesus comes back for his church, he will eradicate death once and for all. He will put the enemy of death under his feet. And friends, Christians will spend eternity in heaven and will never die again. Death is, an, is God's enemy. You have to view it through God's perspective, and he will do away with death one day. Number two is this. I want you to understand God's viewpoint of death, and that is this. God does not view death as final. He does not view death as final. Notice this. I want to I jump back into 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, and he says this in verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. So if Christ did not die and, 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 and rise up from the grave, man, we're lost in our sins. He says it actually in verse 18. In that, in that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if, and, if, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. I want you to know that my hope in Christ is not just for the life I'm living on this earth. My hope in Christ is also for the life to come, eternal life, heaven. That's my hope is in. Now, now notice verse 20. He goes on to say in verse 20, let me unpack this for you. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Come on, Christ is alive and well today, seated at the right hand of the Father. And he goes on to say, he is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, death came from Adam. That's how it entered our world. Now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, talking about Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. God says death is not final. Every Christ follower will be giving a new life after death on this earth. Paul goes on to explain to us and describe how death is not final in this same chapter. I want you to catch, it's so important. I want you to catch how he describes how death is not final. Still in chapter number 15 in 1 Corinthians, I want to pick up reading in verse 54. He says, then when our dying bodies, how many know these bodies are dying? They're decaying every day. I'm tired of this dying body. Two weeks ago, I hurt my back. I don't even know how I hurt it. Been to the doctor and had to get on some medication and 
the last two weeks I, I preached in pain, couldn't hardly, hardly move. The, our bodies are, are decaying. They're fragile. It says when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, but thank God in heaven we're going to receive new bodies that will never decay. They will never die. You won't get lupus, diabetes, cancers, heart disease. Thank God. We're going to get a new body in heaven that will never die. The scripture goes on to say, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin, not just sin. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. This portion of Scripture is referring to when Jesus comes back for his church. And the Bible teaches us two powerful truths that every Christian needs to understand. you got to understand this. It's powerful truths that you have to understand about death. Number one is this. Death has lost its sting. Death has lost its sting. Verse 55, I read it to you. I love the question Paul poses to a defeated foe. He says, death, where is your sting? You lost your sting. There was a father riding with his young son in a car on a summer afternoon. They were enjoying spending time together as a father and son, and a bee started flying around in the car. And the son was deathly allergic to bees. He started screaming. He started crying. I did take care of the bee. Dad, I'm going to die. He's crying. He's so scared of the bee, knowing that, that man, this could be a, a deathly sting. And, and the father's trying to swat the bee, trying to keep the bee away from his son. The, the bee flies back towards the front seat, and, and the father grabs the bee in his hand. And he holds it there. 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 And then he finally releases the bee. The bee is still flying around the car, and the son starts crying again. Dad, the bee's going to sting me. Dad, the bee's going to sting me. He says, son, you don't need to continue to be fearful of that bee. When I had the bee in my hand, it stung me in my hand. That bee can make noise now, but it cannot sting you. The stinger is in my hand. It can just make noise. And on the cross of Calvary, when Jesus took those nails in his hands and those nails in his feet, he took the sting of, the, of, the, of death away. And then he got up on the third day with all power in his hands. And he said, death, where is your sting? I took the sting and I rose again on the third day. Death, where is your sting? All you can do is make a bunch of noise. Death, where is your sting? I want you to understand another truth about death, and that is death has lost the war. Death has lost the war. Notice what he says in verse 55. He says, death, where is your sting? But he also says, death, where is your victory? Where is your victory? See, the enemy thought he delivered a knockout blow to Jesus when he died on the cross. He said, oh, yeah, I ushered this thing in. 
uh, tempted Adam and Eve. They ate from the tree they were not supposed to eat from. Death has entered this world now. People are dying. And now, listen, I got the Son of God. He's got into my trap. He is dead. I've won the victory. But come on, you know the story. Three days later, early that Sunday morning, Jesus got up with all power in his hands, and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And so today we can say, death! Where is your victory? You have been defeated on the cross of Calvary. The devil's been defeated and death has been defeated. The writer of Hebrews says it like this in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, talking about Jesus, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die talking about Jesus, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. See, the devil have the power of death. But when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he won the victory over the devil. He won the victory over death. And we no longer have to live as slaves in fear to death. If you're fearful today and you're a Christ follower, I want you to understand something today. Jesus defeated death. Its sting is gone. He won the victory. Death is not final. Listen, you don't have to continue to live in that fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Today, I want you to know if you're fearing death, God can set you free from the fear of death today that you don't keep living your life as a slave to the fear of death. Death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? You were defeated by Jesus Christ. Death is not final. That's God's view. I want you to see a third viewpoint of your heavenly father. Number three is this. God views death as a graduation. A graduation. For the Christian, for the follower of Jesus, death is a graduation. I love at some funerals how they call the service a homegoing service. I like that terminology. There are some people that that's what they call the funeral service. Well, I'm going to a home-going service. And, and that is actually proper language and interpretation for the Christ follower. You see, as a Christ follower, when we die, we simply graduate into the presence of the Lord. It is not something that's negative to be fearful of. When you die, you're just graduating into God's presence. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21 says this. Paul says, for to me, living means living for Christ. And dying is even better. Come on. I love that. Dying is even better than living. Because I'm going to be in God's presence. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, I'm not there yet, Pastor. I think living's pretty good. I don't know about dying being better. I'm going to still take my medication, and you ought to. You ought to take it. But if you could ever get God's perspective on death, if you could ever get it. Living means living for Christ. Dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. He says, the only reason I want to continue to live is so I can be fruitful for Christ. So I can continue to preach. So I can continue to let my light shine. So I can continue to win more people to Jesus. That's the only reason I want to continue to live. 
He says, so I really don't know which is better. Do I keep living so I can keep sharing Jesus or do I die because that's better so I can go into the presence of the Lord? Verse 23 says, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ because that's better. Which would be far better for me. Friends, can I tell you, Paul had God's perspective on death. He said dying is better than living because he knew he was going to graduate into the presence of the Lord. He understood that death is simply a graduation for the Christ follower. He says it like this to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8. We are confident. That's what I want for some of you to have today. You're not confident. You need to be confident about this. You need to be confident that when you die, you're going to graduate into the presence of the Lord. He says, we are confident and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, as the King James Version renders, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Death isn't something Christians need to fear. It's a graduation into the presence of the Lord. It reminds me of the song written by Mercy Me, titled, I Can Only Imagine. And in this song, Mercy Me describes what it will be like when the Christian dies and enters the presence of the Lord. The words of the song go like this. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes, when I find myself standing in the sun, S-O-N. I can only imagine when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you, be still. Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees, will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Come on, would you stand with me around this building? Come on, let's worship God together. Let's give God praise today. I can only imagine when I see him face to face, the one who died for me, the one who shed his blood for me, the one who paid the price for my sins, the one who rose again on my behalf. I can only imagine when I step into his presence to magnify his name. Come on, church. Would you sing this song with me? Come on, would you sing? What a beautiful name. What a powerful name. The name of Jesus. Somebody worship the Lord today. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. The silence stumbles of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of 
Yours is so 